0: Hello,
1: welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for, uh, well, it's not a movie, but we're doing a podcast for Chernobyl. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian. Okay, I think I'll get his name right correctly, it's a Russian name.
2: Mursky. That's very close. Uh, but I'd like to be known as Katya, Mino, or Masha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with a Chernobyl tagline, we have Kelly Wand. The
3: hilarious new comedy from the writer of the Hangover 2. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, are there more? I that was right out of the gate. That's a strong one, Kelly Wand.
3: It's Rad!
1: Ooh, oh that's, you know what i'll give you i'll give you that one fine yeah you can have yeah. that good good kelly one well, yeah, are I there stopped. just oh good because i was <sighs> gonna say are there just two good ones or did you go for a third
3: all right, you no, quit i'm you're gonna ahead. do two good ones yeah
1: good for you well dingus yeah. tell the listeners this is a little confusing it's, it's not what what is this that we're going to talk about here it's not a movie give them the yeah, what are we doing it, what yeah. yeah this is crazy not such all right. True Detective Come on, men like in black, happen?
3: guys. That's what the people want.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, this week we saw Chernobyl, a 2019 drama history, air quotes, TV miniser- miniseries, air quote, ended, uh, about how we all want to know who to blame. It was directed by Johann Rink, and created and written by Craig Mazin. It stars Jesse Buckley, Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård, and Emily Watson. Dingus, Chern- what rating is this? Chernobyl is rated TVMA. Oh, it does have a rating. <laughs> I thought we were going to trip
1: you up on that. Oh, yeah, good point. They do put those banners in front of it. All right, yeah. why is it rated TVMA? TV uh, it's rated TVMA. Our kids want to watch it. Or
2: nudity. <laughs> we get to see penises. Uh,
1: and that's quite It's the most penises I've seen in a long
3: time. I, I doubt that. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I Viol- say for that one, kelly it was
1: a That's what they call a softball.
3: Ah,
1: uh, uh, get it? <laughs> so, okay, so it, it, rated TV, ma for penises.
3: What else, Stingus? That's why Tom has to go through so many.
2: Glad it wasn't a hardball. All right, so... uh That was movie. a good
3: movie! Keanu, yeah, what?
2: <laughs> Violence and gore. Uh... <laughs> profanity
3: i like smoke. how dingus says things
2: smoking and copious amounts of vodka and Is it re- do
3: they really list smoking Do they really smoke yeah. vodka good for them good
2: okay yeah it's what li- and i
3: think that's good
2: I-, I, I, had to, I had to go into the sort of the 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 deeper notes to find these things and and, and call out what they were talking about it, but i loved that they said copious amounts of vodka uh, and oh they did you yeah. didn't make that up no copious. no i, uh, I did they not said make copious? that
3: up yeah, copious copious amounts
2: of vodka uh and frightening and intense scenes
1: uh co- kelly wan is there anything else that parents should know if they're considering watching chernobyl with their children
3: some accents <laughs> <laughs> and improper use of uranium uh, Chernobyl
1: and Chernobyl Diaries combined together are on Rotten Tomatoes at 125.
3: Wow. Oh, boy, that, my guy count is going crazy with that number. <laughs>
1: uh, Chernobyl and Chernobyl Diaries on nice. Metacritic are a combined rating of uh, – hold on, quick math – 115. You gave so,
3: us the propaganda number,
1: Tom. That's true. Okay, let me give you the real number. Let me bring out the reliable dosimeter. We found the key for the safe. Uh, 96% is. on Rotten Tomatoes and 83 on Metacritic. Uh, it didn't have a theatrical release, of course, so it made no money at the box office. Didn't even crack the top ten number. What right. a
3: failure as a uh, piece of art. How much
1: money did it make at the home box office? Uh, well, they don't tell us those things, dingus. They're very cagey oh. about that. Uh, however, it would have gotten an A on CinemaScore.
3: Game of Thrones didn't lose any money for them. That's how crazy the world. Kelly Wan, I don't know what you're going to
1: do in response to this question I'm about to ask you. Is this challenging? <laughs> Five hours of television, and you have to do a synopsis of it. How do you, How does one deal with that?
3: It was easier than the Dead Don't Die one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, Kelly Wan, there there are only so many things you can call a synopsis of Chernobyl. So why don't you give it to us? Obviously, it is the Chernopsis.
0: Hmm. Well, <laughs>
1: Chernobyl- I more from you. All right. Well, I, I, I'm not sure what you can do with it.
3: Uh, pronounce it the way it's pronounced in the show. <laughs> you can do that with it. You try that version, so you're, you? you're just going
1: to call this the Chernobylopsis.
3: I call it the Chernopsis. Okay. Go with that. Sure. You think that's weird?
1: It, you know, it's Russian. You're combining Russian and English, so it's going to be awkward no matter what you do.
3: That's what they had to deal with. Right. Um,
2: yeah, I found that's that. That's probably why
3: the, the reactor melted down is because they didn't understand each other's accents. And on, did you the see Russian the fifth buttons. episode?
1: <laughs> Maybe you didn't watch the fifth episode because uh, that's not what they concluded.
3: Okay, the first episode's a little long in this, but then they get shorter because I'm like, Jesus, there's five of these, and then they like, Okay.
1: Thanks for Kinda talking us through the process. All right.
3: Yeah, so don't get scared when you're like, oh my god, it's still going. Chernopsis. Part one. What's this button do for Danya? Wow. Okay, hit record this time. Hello?
4: <laughs> My name is Yesh Nevyevich Legasov, and I wish to call these tapes my Chernobyl diaries.
3: <laughs> wow. There, that title should be safe.
4: Oh, what is truth? Who gave the orders that night? Androv Gnipkinov.
3: Let me start over. Wah! He accidentally hangs himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the star of the show. <laughs> now you know how he talks. Okay. Yeah. I know. What he's all about. He accidentally hangs himself. His cat's not impressed. Some words are all two years and one minute before he slipped. Some guys with chef's hats look at some buttons. (laughs) Hey, guys, uh, this one that says meltdown, uh, it's blinking and melting. No, it isn't. (laughs) Sir, the core light here just went from fine, I guess, to blowed up ski. Then try pouring water on it. Jesus, you're acting like a bunch of 25-year-old interns. <laughs> Another chef comes in coughing out green smoke. Uh, Sir, Gary's flesh is coming off down at engineering. Uh, he told me to tell you the lid's off, and the tooth he put in the bottle of Coke last night's acting weird. No, it isn't. Hey, guys, check it out. Broken glass. Glass is the strongest substance known to man. Yeah, you're all fucking idiots. Oh, I hate you people. Hey, do you guys taste metal? Of course we don't. <laughs> Sir, uh, where the reactor was, there's a fire. Then call the fire brigade. <laughs> in the nearby Russian town of Pripyat. Hey, everybody in town, check it out. The nuclear reactor's on fire. Let's all go stand on the bridge and see how much glowing ash we can catch on our tongues. <laughs> Yay, come on, kids. The fireman's all, isn't this great, babe? I get to work all night. I'm going to sneak like hell. I don't know, Gary. The fire color not right. (laughs) Ah, women, so stupid. Babe, that explosion's the roof. Chemicals have no answer to those. I'm a man speaking. Plus, it's on fire from the chemicals. You're such a pushkin. Meanwhile, in a hallway filling with glowing water. Craig, whoa, where's the fire? Also, uh, why is your face red? Craig throws up blood on him. Uh, I'm gonna go get some cucumbers. Bye. up. get down there and make sure the pumps are on. Fucking idiots. Uh, you want me to go into the core? Is that a problem? Well, it's just some of us watched Star Trek Two last night. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if all out of all of us going into the core, I'm really qualified to be our first man. Wow. Then there's Star Trek. Get out of here. Beside me, Mo Howard's all, that character needs to attend some leadership seminars. Some firemen turn hoses on and spray a little water at the towering pile of green CG and glowing rubble. Hey guys, check it out, some gray rubble on the ground. Look what it's doing to my glove. You guys taste metal? Costner, i you and your pranks. But yeah, we do. Meanwhile, <laughs> idiots. Fine, let's go find some more control rods in the break room. Jesus, God, I can do everything. <laughs> Uh, sir, I just grew an extra tongue. I think we're in a depressing miniseries called Chernobyl? That's ridiculous! I hate all of you! Meanwhile...
4: Ow, my hand! Oh, God!
3: (laughs) And the one that touched that metal thing on the ground hurts, too! Oh! Gary, stand right by that object on the ground that just melted Carlos's hand and, uh, spray his hose. Uh, meanwhile... Uh... (laughs) Part one... (laughs) Meanwhile, well, uh, okay, so I looked into the core, and did you lower the control rods or not? Also, how do you feel about moonlight? Gosling starts throwing up. (laughs) Great. All right, call the day shift in. Obviously, we need more people here. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of maybe doing the opposite. Go stick your hand in the core and tell me what it tastes like. Now! Don't make me write you up. Meanwhile, in a hospital... Ah, uh, nurse, I went ten hours with sleep one time. Sir, do we stock iodine pills? <laughs> She's Scottish, by the way. Sorry if that wasn't clear. Pills? At a hospital? You're weird. Meanwhile, in a meeting room. Don't worry, Wheezy, no one will blame you for this. Good day, I was sleeping. On the bridge, all the townspeople oo and ah as glowing dust drizzles down. It is beautiful. The kids are all, isotopes. Look, Mama, my teeth got brains on them. I predict at the end of this, we find out they renamed this thing the Bridge of Adventure.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gentlemen,
4: welcome. Rest assured, we're all safe down here from an American nuclear attack.
3: Uh, good news, the meltdown's over, so we're bringing in two to four thousand troops. Bullshit, the air's glowing. Oh, I say we leave. An old guy with the canes all. This place is the Vladimir Lenin power station. How proud he'd be. Everybody claps. Later. <laughs> oh, what was the number? Uh, so the meter burned out the second it was turned on, but we found one that goes to 11 and, uh, maxed out. Also, I think there's graphite on the ground.
4: You didn't see graphite? Are you stupid?
3: <laughs> Here, guys, I'll go. <sighs> <sighs>
4: Uh, uh, it's the feed water, he's been around it all night Extra, you go to the roof Nope Come on, it'll be fine, you'll see It's only one episode of this Everything's cool
3: <laughs> Some fireman carrying a body on a stretcher Pass out Gary the fireman's all It's not normal Ring ring Hello Shep Legasov, like you, you crats, you're on a committee. There's been an accident. <laughs> <laughs> How much
4: contamination are we talking?
3: 25 billion zillion a second. It's nothing.
4: <laughs> That's significant. You should evacuate the entire planet. Okay, bye. <laughs>
3: A cloud grows over some woods. A bird lands on a sidewalk, dead. Kids are unimpressed. Part two. In Russia, chair nobes you. An alarm goes off. A woman scowls. The guy's all, that wasn't me this time. The woman tests the air outside by putting some Kleenex in a machine. Doggy! Me Kleenex has uranium on it! Uh... Ugh, what do you have for lunch? Hello, Moscow? Is your core blown up? Are you sure? (laughs) Thanks. They weren't sure. Uh, are you sure you put the right Kleenex in the machine? Um, what about Chernobyl? (laughs) Maybe this documentary is called that instead of Moscow. (laughs) That's 400 kilometers from here. But, damn no one's answering the phone! <laughs> yeah, Jira's in Chernobyl. <laughs> she might win an Oscar.
2: Emmy? Emmy Watson? Yeah.
3: Damn! No one's answering the phone! Uh... Are you holding the receiver correctly? Meanwhile, at the hospital. Doctor, uh, we played a practical joke on those firemen and, uh, stole all their clothes. Where do you want them? The basement! Ugh, idiots. Meanwhile, met at the Kremlin. Comrade Legasov, thank you for coming. Here's some stuff on the clipboard, uh, while you wait. you get to read it. Okay, goodbye. Sure! Legasov reads some of it, but gets bored. Good news, Mr. Gorbachev. Uh, Everything's stable. If you need a chest x-ray, go to Chernobyl. We have Cavalry Commander Chet Jetsdanov on site. Meeting adjourned. No, um,
4: excuse me. That man had four million Cavalry Commanders in his hand.
3: Gorbachev's all. Hmm. Raspy voice character, uh, John Little Cat Hair, you go. Uh, take four eyes with you. What?! Do you know
4: how to say nuclear reactor exposition? No. And you need science character. Goodbye.
3: (laughs) Later. Tell me how a reactor works or I'll have Gary there throw you out of this helicopter.
0: Okay,
4: this is a neutron.
3: (laughs) Haha, now I don't need you. Get us over the top of that building. Pilot, hover in that glowing smoke.
4: No, don't! We'll be dead in a week.
3: I wasn't going to hover in the smoke for a week. Do it. Naked Arnold leans over. I beat the helicopter
4: with the delivery truck in the Terminator movie. <laughs> with the little girl teaches me to with the rocks about how the temperatures work. Like, I'll be
3: back here later. And nice to meet you. <laughs> Meanwhile, in some guy's office... If we don't evacuate Russia, millions will die! <laughs> I prefer my opinion to yours. <laughs> I'm a nuclear physicist. You used to work in a shoe factory. I have more power than you. Tell radiation, I say that. <laughs> On her way out, Jira gives some gum to his secretary. Yeah, chew one of these in an hour. Fuck him. Meanwhile
4: here's a list of people we'd like to blame for this let's send a guy in a truck to measure the
3: rads guy wearing a beekeeper suit they just get a beekeeper to drive a truck over to the reactor and then drive it back oh how was it the guy takes off his hood his head's just a skull
4: <laughs> damn anyone standing on that roof for two minutes will be dead in the first 30 seconds fine we'll just have him sit on it then
3: Bruce Willis leans over to me and goes
4: Yeah, Die Hard 5, uh, we used hoses to wash off the radiation (laughs) (laughs) Suspensefully, uh, that's probably the high point of the franchise (laughs) Where do you see what we hose off in 6? I know
3: (laughs) Yeah this is offended by non sequiturs. Gotcha! Yeah. I mean, he loves them.
4: I know! Let's pour water on it! No, we'll need boron. And all the sand in the Soviet Union. Copter 1, you're too close. Back
3: up! Copter to Russians? Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe there's three more episodes of this. Uh send the rest of the copters in, but tell them to approach from the west.
0: Yeah, I don't
3: know. Pretty of you. Later. Ugh. Sweden and the US called to make fun of us. They're not letting children play outside in Frankfurt. They all stare out the window and watch some kids play grab ass outside. Some old people get on buses. Radiation Bear tries to sneak on, but his papers are out of order. <laughs> 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 oh, Radiation Bear. Yeah. Same bear. Comrade legosoff me name's Mildred. I'm a fictitious creation. Your sanded boron idea's stupid. It'll put the fire out, but blow up in two days. You suck. And in Chernobyl news, Boris Legasov, the hero of this, tried to put out a fire using dumb things that will kill us all. Quote, I thought those water tanks were empty, but some lady just told me they're full. She's a fictitious creation, but she's right. So now we'll have lava, end quote. And finally, turning to good news, we made lava! Later, in a rec room... So we need three of you to turn a
4: crank, uh, like Jason Patrick in Speed 2 Cruise <laughs> Control, which Tom just watched.
3: <laughs> Very suspenseful also.
4: There's a four ruble bonus,
3: huh? and a promotion to assistant cannon fodder. Good class. No one stands. Uh, also, you'll be dead in a week. Three guys stand up excitedly. In Russia, I spit on 10,000 years of sacrifice. Everybody in the rec room cheers, not having to go themselves. Three guys <laughs> bubble around in some water while their flashlights start to die. But their Geiger counters crackle louder and louder. At least one Russian appliance works. Beside me, Godzilla stands, bumps his fist, and goes. "Uh, See, I guess.
2: Yeah.
3: Part three, Chernobyl on his own. Well, is it possible the water's already killed those three extras? What if it doesn't work? Legasov's face is all, I wouldn't mind a sandwich. The extras fight a metal crank wheel. They come out. Everybody applauds. Good work, everybody. Three people. Yeah. You turned the wheel, right? There. uh, meanwhile, in a Moscow hospital. Is my husband here? I'm from Chernobyl. Ugh. Wait, here, this is Monopoly money and some steno pads from Clue. The nurse validates your parking pass. You can see him for 30 minutes, but don't touch him. You're not pregnant, are you? I will pay attention to zero sentences you just said.
0: <laughs>
3: I can't believe she played Hermione. Gary's playing cards.
0: <laughs>
3: In bed. With some other men. So the Cossack says, uh, how come that proletariat has a wooden glass nose? Ha <laughs> ha. That's the end of it. Nadia! His wife makes him hug her for a long time. The music's all she's fucked. Meanwhile,
4: <laughs> why are those helicopters flying so near the reactor?
3: To get some cool AV files of the smoke. Uh, a decision was made. Stupid. Later.
4: Uh, good news, bad news, Mr. Gorbachev. The groundwater river will be contaminated. Uh, we need all the liquid nitrogen in the Soviet Union, and the zone will be safe in twenty-four thousand years. And- <laughs>
3: U.S. tourists taking selfies should be fine. Now for the bad news. Later. What happens to our boys when they get irradiated?
4: Uh, Blisters, bone marrow dies, immune system fails, organs decompose, arteries open, lack of interest in talking about the weather. (laughs) What about us? Cancer, anemia, DNA damage, and inability to uh, uh, enjoy coprophilia. Coprophilia Mm. uh,
3: Five episodes maximum. Look, extras. We're being followed in the open. They want us to know we know. They're not sure.
4: Damn this dictatorship.
0: Ugh.
3: Meanwhile.
4: uh, Need all of you to uh, get in truck. Go ahead and
3: shoot. JK, go where? Uh, Chernobyl, uh, something water. Uh... Ha, I like you. They all pat dirt on him as they pass by. Ah, <laughs> Minister of Coal. Ha, ha, ha. In the hospital. Ah, I touched you again. The nurse is dead, so I get to. Russian wife's medical science, Hey, Open the curtains. Ah, not that
4: bright. Fuck. Gary, forget your radiation sickness. Check out these wacky sunglasses. Those are amazing. What do you see out the window? St. Basil's.
3: Uh, yes, Red Dawn, passenger 57. He loses interest. Meanwhile, we need fans to hit the rubble with. Thuns make dust. I've been breathing for 20 years. Sorry, no fans. But the miners tricked them by streaking. <laughs> KGBs are, Ah, oh, you got us. Sexies. Meanwhile, <clears throat> Have you been here this whole time? Here, if you're gonna annoy him, stay on the other side of the plastic. No, your other other. Ah, oh, fuck. Good news, Gary, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Doctors say uh, either with twins or two-headed monstrosity. Uh, I thought maybe we could conceive one more uh, before I go. Meanwhile... So you called them all idiots a fifth time, then the power level jumped. What's a what? Did you try turning it on and off again? Why didn't you hit the JK button? We did. Start all over. What's your name again? Vasily? Is that with two L's or three? What the... Nurse, you just irradiated a fireman's wife. Soon to be his widow. Everyone's going to hear about this. What are they going to hear? My name's Jira Jirinov. I'm a fictitious construct. <laughs> we know who you are. And that, Mr. Gorbachev, is what a nuclear apocalypse would look like in Australia. Excuse me, Mr. KGB. Uh, you arrested my colleague last night. Uh, see those extras? They follow me. It's crazy. The wife watches as some guys burn coffins with Gary and other firemen extras in them. A cement truck helps, but she holds carry shoes for him, just in case he's faking. Oh, my God. We're getting there. Part four, hanging out. An old woman milks a bored <laughs> cow. Come on, Grandma, you have to go. You know how old I am? 82. I've always lived here. Ah, what do I care about HBO? I'm warning you. Don't cause trouble. I'll tell you my backstory, uh. Once upon oh, God. a time. <laughs> oh, God. Really? In the Great War.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: It's not racist if it's a Russian white woman, Dingus. Oh, yeah. his, his review of her comical anecdote is to dump her milk out and shoot her barn. Some treasure seekers and gas max wander through grass with metal detectors. One finds a radioactive bicycle, but it's only a three speed, so they leave. <laughs> Episode four. Why is the core still uncovered?
4: I don't know. Anyway, we named this roof
3: Kaya. Uh, If we can't put a man on the moon, we can keep a man off a roof. Beside me, Mr. Glass is all classic Russian proverb. (laughs) Hey, guys, the German police robots here. uh, The Germans call it the Joker because it's yellow with one arm. (laughs) I think that was on the moon.
4: Not our moon. I know
3: not our moon. Asshole.
4: Please stop fucking saying moon. <laughs> okay.
3: Turn on this time. Forward one meter. Reverse one. The screens go to static. Uh-oh. Who wants to call the Germans? We need a new robot. That's the Americans.
4: There are no robots. Durable enough for that roof.
3: Beside me, Naked Arnold's all, not in this timeline yet! <laughs> Meanwhile, Oscar Isaac shows a kid how bullets load.
4: <laughs> in Afghanistan, I shot men in stomach. Uh, in movies, they make it more exciting. But, uh, it's, it's just miniseries, uh, so
3: it's part of my speech. Backstory, on screen. Here, go shoot dogs. <laughs> hey guys, uh, that banner there, it says in Russian our goal is the happiness of all mankind just FYI (laughs) the kid gets good at shooting dogs the Russian (laughs) cats are all (laughs) (laughs) woo kid finds some puppies and their proud mom damn it I got this kid Go. the kid hears the guy's gun firing all afternoon because he keeps missing they dig up Gary the fireman then dump some dogs onto him (laughs) onto his body and then they pour cement again on him while the fireman's wife stands nearby. He shoots again. Okay, kids. When you get to the roof, hold your breath. Turn to the left. Do not fall into the hole. Also, wear these aprons. 90 seconds, go! Just have to wait for the hand to get to the 12. And go! Oh! Damn, look at those idiot kids. We should have been using shovels with scoops. Oh, we're so dumb in this. On the roof, Legasov blows an air siren. While his Geiger counter <laughs> crackles louder and louder, the comical character on the roof all... Oh, wow, that was 90 seconds. Okay, shit, that flew by. Oh, fuck. Oh, my foot's caught. Oh, hang on. Wait, shit. pull uh, my shoe. Fuck. Legisov, check it out. They forgot to redact the table of contents. Suck it, communism. The two pages missing from this book should be helpful if you can find them. Good work, teens. Our roof is now graphite-free. Russia thanks you for your service. Here's five rubles and some gum. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Meanwhile, in the hospital, in the fireman's widow's baby crib, it's empty because it died after four hours but they let her hang out with maternity wards so she can hate the other moms. (laughs) Part five. JK, it is a puma. So words in a Cyrillic font are all 12 hours before the explosion.
4: So if there's no meltdown tonight, you could get a promotion, angry character. Although Arnold said we can't cut power for another 10 hours. Uh, Productivity quotas, exposition, uh...
3: No problem. It's perfectly safe. It's going to be a feel-good mini-series. Idiots. <laughs> a year later, in a car. Listen to this headline. At last, a Soviet scientist who tells the truth. And the trial's not even till the next scene. That's how good you are.
4: You said we'd fix the reactors.
3: After the trial, then we'll have our villains, our truth. Legasov's hair starts falling out. Beside me, green CG Mark Ruffalo's all. Radiation affects us all in different ways. <laughs> Kira,
4: you took a train. Good news, the KGB says they'll fix the reactors.
3: No, tell the truth at the trial. Some scientist extras will be there. They'll shoot me, you tell them. I would, but I'm fictional. They won't listen to me. Besides, you're so much better at it. Get in there. Truth. Table of contents, Kira.
4: Jira, I went to an open reactor. I gave my life. Isn't that enough?
3: Now! Later. Thank you, Soviet extras, for coming to trial scene in episode five. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Kellen Lutskov is accused of causing meltdown. Let's all look at him. A train set of Chernobyl is rolled in. It began with a safety test, but this is a lie. Backup generators, problem solved, no. They take a minute to kick in. <laughs> Something turbine? <laughs> Exposition. Jira oh, Jira gets up, picks up a pointer and points at stuff. It began at midnight with some <laughs> locker room talk. Ah, uh-huh, get his balls on headie. Ha ha. Hey guys, are we supposed to do these crossed out ones or these crossed out ones? Helen Lutzov angry character throws a clipboard at him. Cross that out, bitch! <laughs> with all due respect to his grieving mother there in the front row, that idiot kid was 28 with 25 minutes of experience. The time's four months past midnight. I mean... She sits down. <laughs> <laughs> Comrade,
4: Legosov, I guess you're up, uh. <laughs>
3: Uh, yes, okay. Yeah, let me get my props here in order. Okay, <laughs> shelves here. Okay, everyone. So the red tile means stop. All right. The blue one means slow. The safe word is harder. <laughs> ah, thank you, Grip, for this boom
4: mic. Water. What
3: is it? A liquid or a positive void coefficient? Let me start over. <laughs> drops all his tiles there's a montage of him talking and dropping tiles over and over (laughs) because just saying ice age killed the dinosaurs is not how the temperatures work dissolve thus we created a new element zaxon, and another one called xevious which was just a knockoff really dissolve and that's why the germans called it the joker he gestures at his little wooden bookshelves of tiles. They burst into flame. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, boron, right. Thank you, Jira. Actually, uh just watch this flashback. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you
3: idiots are procrastinating. Just wake me up when you old woman are ready to fucking put some buttons, man. Fuck you kid hangs up a phone. Sir, uh, Scotty in engineering says we just don't have the power. Raise it! No, I I won't. It isn't safe. (laughs) You with your mother's tit. You won't work at Kursk or Bruksk or even Erkutsk. Kutsk. I'll see to it. Raise the power! Uh, Sir, I'd like you to record your command. Record these! In the courtroom. I was taking a shit when the second unit filmed that. (laughs) Everybody chuckles. One old curmudgeonly Soviet general all, (laughs) oh man, later on a bench. This is the best trial I've ever been at. Uh, This town was mostly Poles and also Polish people, then Stalin.
2: Uh.
3: (laughs) And Dingus did that. (laughs) People came to live here. They didn't care ground was soaked in blood. He shows Legasov what's in his hanky. Ugh. You think I wanted to see that? But they told me Chernobyl wasn't serious. I believed them.
4: Because they put your character in charge?
3: Oh, I understand. Come on, you got us lunar rovers. You're you're awesome. He annoys a caterpillar. Later. <laughs> Comrade Legasov, uh, say more technical things. Let's get this out of the way. The time is 12.38. Of the six brakes on this car, only 211 are left. Stupid kids, you have 15 minutes to clean all this radiation up. They may as well have had 15 seconds. Uh, sir, the computer recommends the reactor should be shut down? Of course it does. It doesn't care about my promotion. Stupid computer. There's a magic button called JK. Press it. All the control rods insert at once. But... Thank you, Mr. Bettney. That's enough. Let the kid talk. Rods are made of borne. The tips are made of graphite graphite. oh, why? for the same reason our pencils don't have containment shields for the same reason we use silly string as fuel for the same reason we could only show a couple of naked minor extras <laughs> cause it's cheaper. Oh uh, uh, uh. thought that's good them um, c g. Science character Legasov, you're contradicting your Vienna testimony
4: about minor extras. I lied. Then, not now, I'm telling the truth this time. And we have 16 reactors, still dumb. Every debt we lie, incurs a truth to the windmill. Order this whole court's out of order.
3: The system's had truth spoken to it. No! They make Legasov sit in a room with Mickey Mouse as his guard outside. The KGB <laughs> guy comes in.
4: It'd be embarrassing to kill you now. Your testimony will not be disseminated. we will credit your achievements to dumb
3: people. You're not allowed to talk to the other two characters ever again. <laughs> Although we'll let you drive past them in a couple of seconds. What
4: if I refuse to drive by them?
3: Huh. Why worry about something that isn't going to happen? We watch him hang himself again while his VO's all, What is the cost of life? <laughs> The words tell me his suicide guilted Russia and is saying they made their reactors safer and that everybody lived after all. I lean over to radiation bear beside me and go (laughs) that Ferris wheel actually looks fucking dope. The end. Wow.
1: Two radiation bear appearances. I'm so glad to see that guy twice. Yeah, Yeah, you got to see the
3: movie. Well, he's in it, so he got a ticket.
1: Uh Kelly really briefly what's something that's better than this and something not quite as good?
3: Uh I really liked it so I was having trouble thinking of uh right? Like yeah, I mean Widowmakers not really an over. So I just went with Testament I guess is an over cuz it's kind of um I don't know. It's got more kids in it. <laughs> Sounds weird, but... What is Testament? A, new, a Cold War
1: apocalypse thing?
3: Yeah, it's like yeah. the last Babylon, but 80s. Right. Okay. Or 90s. 80s. I think it's 80s. It's Jane Alexander and William Devane's in it.
0: Yeah, I do and remember I remember
3: that, right. mm-hmm. At the beginning, they're riding, he's riding a bike with his kid. And he's like, come on, move your ass, Brad! He's like, super pissy with him. That's one of the last things he says, that he's not... So he, it's like one of those things where you say something dickish to your kid, and that, and then you're dead so remember that next time you guys are dicks Nelander is a fat man and a little boy which I thought Ew, why'd you see that that sounds turgid you mean ever um because there it's was Roland a lot Jaffe? of radio. it's
1: like a Roland Joffy political drama yeah. with Paul Newman yeah yeah I've never seen it
3: uh, it's boring as shit and Yeah, Paul Newman's not that good in it and there's a subplot that's fictionalized where John Cusack like touches something really quick and then he gets radiation sickness huh so that all right sounds dramatic yeah. Um, but it's mostly just talking, and there's lines like a guy goes – this was in the trailer, and it's in the movie too because I thought it was so good. He's like, Oppenheimer, you can't play God. The job's taken. Then, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, think about it. Wow, that's, um, some, that's a writer working, earning his pay there. Yeah. and I'll, It's like when it's like it reminded me of like when they would put lines in trailers, and then, the, and then in the movie you go, oh, yeah, from the trailer. like You'd look forward to it. Cause it, there wasn't enough going on, I think, at the time. But anyway, uh, right, yeah, so but Fat really Man liked... and
1: Little Boy, not as good as Chernobyl. Testament slightly better than Chernobyl. Dingus, yeah. what what are two movies that you would use to bracket this miniseries?
2: Um, I would put uh, True Detective under this because we did that for the podcast.
0: <laughs> for TV. And
2: uh, it was another, over. Uh, but the thing is, I'm not making a distinction anymore. I'm just refusing to basically uh make a distinction between uh decent movies and decent television shows um this isn't even remotely decent it's incredible um it's like watching a five hour televi- uh movie um and and I really appreciate that about it I thoroughly love this thing Uh, so I would put true detective under this because I had some problems with it. Uh, you can hear those problems. If you listen to our podcast about it, um, over, I would put just for selfish reasons, because I've watched it maybe three times now, uh, the night manager. Uh, I think the night manager is an amazing bit of. Of what I'm talking about this amalgam between television and movies and you know I've kind of melded things before when I've talked about the MCU as basically an overarching novel Um, And I think that this kind of television show is basically a movie Uh, So uh, I would put night manager slightly over this Tom
1: uh, my under Thomas Vinterberg recently did a movie about the Kursk, a, a submarine that uh, suffered an accident, sank to the bottom of the ocean, and the Russians, excuse me, the Soviets, uh, notoriously refused any help uh, from people who could have helped them save those sailors. And by the time that they finally realized they couldn't save them, uh, the guys died. And so Thomas Vinterberg, that came out earlier this year, uh, a movie called Kursk, which for some reason has been retitled the command and i don't know why because that's an awfully weak name uh the kursk was the name of the submarine uh and kursk tries to do something similar to this in that it is about uh how uh, an an oppressive autocracy uh is incapable of dealing with with tragedy and heroism and and how it, it swallows it up and and kills people basically um so kursk and kursk isn't very good unfortunately kursk is super facile it has uh and there's only so much you can do too with dudes trapped in a submarine who are helpless until they eventually they actually didn't suffocate they tragically dropped something into the water that created an explosion, blew themselves up again. Uh, So they're they're sitting down there waiting to die and there's not much to do. So the movie has Colin Firth, who's actually very good in it, as a, a British intelligence officer who knows what has happened and knows that he can save them, with, with American and British technology and European technology, and he's just waiting for the Russians to finally say, okay, come in and save them. We can't do it. Uh, and Colin Firth is tremendous in it, but they roll Max von Sydow out to just be a bad guy. And uh, Kursk is, is just – it's a it's a way, way lesser version of what Chernobyl is really good at doing. And as far as an over, I don't really know what to do. So I'm going to pick a yeah, movie I've, I've snow- never – I'm going to pick something I've never seen but that I, I know is a classic and I keep meaning to see. And it predates the Chernobyl accident, but I know that there's some commonality. There's a a, a movie by Tarkovsky called uh, Stalker, uh, which is something about some mysterious abandoned zone. I've, I've never seen it, but uh, I, I've heard it's great, uh, and so I'm going to put that over. Uh, what
3: What? Is Stalker
1: bad, Kelly Wand?
3: Uh, no. But okay. it's, I'm surprised you
2: haven't seen it. Is Stalker uh, the movie that they go to, that they fight in in Atomic Blonde? Uh, it's that
1: or Solaris. I forget. It's
2: a Tarkovsky movie. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure uh, it's Stalker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I haven't seen Stalker, Slow. but I know that that uh, there, there's a video. Well, I I know that the whole idea of an exclusion right. zone is somehow Stalker you kind can't of predates pick it over that anticipation. Can you? Well, I don't know something that's better than this. Like I'll do, I'll you know what I, but you know what. Yeah. Here, here we go, Kelly. I'll pick Fury oh, Road. I, there, there. I've done it. <laughs> I thought about. I didn't think about that. So, uh, and yeah, yeah I, I love this as well. What what I love about it is, uh, first of all, how how not sly, but um, how, how kind of oblique it is about being con- contemporarily relevant to yeah. uh, the, the current. You know political what? You scene guys say that U-
3: like about stuff that yeah, yeah. But like science is whatever we say it is.
1: Right. Well, the, the whole idea of of, uh, of narrative and, and, and truth and, and, and what will happen just if you, you base a political culture on lies. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that's incredibly relevant in America right now. And certainly Craig Mazin agrees. Uh, he started writing this before Trump was even nominated. But he makes no bones about it. And I think this comes through in the script. He makes no yeah. bones about the fact that this story is being told at this point in time for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that relevance of it. but. What I really and like about this
3: too, I like that.
1: Company. Exactly, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, what I really like about it too, yeah, because it, it's whether you're talking about the way that Fox News reports things or the way that climate deniers uh, will discount scientific evidence, right? Like, hard that all hard. applies to what what's happening in Chernobyl there, yeah. Um,
3: Rationality, yeah. My okay. opinion is I prefer my opinion to yours, and saving face is more important than lives. Like that's just a given.
1: Right, right. Um, so. And, and then I also really like this because I think it, it plays, and the the director uh, is is just really shrewd at making it play like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it is horrific, Honorous. and yeah. uh, you know, there's some procedural elements to it, and there's some amazing performances, and yeah. just some. Uh, I I do think it's different from a movie because this does things that movies can't do and that movies shouldn't do, and this does play like the whole. Uh, uh, episode with uh, and I wrote these names down because so it's like reading a Dostoev- Dostoevsky novel. Uh, the whole episode with Pavel and Bacho is that his name of uh, shooting the animals like uh, that's that is a uh, a movie would have to cut that uh, yeah, and uh, you, you know because sure. a, a movie has to put a pre like a a movie has yeah. to move and it has to be a tight self-contained package. This can sprawl in a way that movies can't, and I really liked that and appreciated that about this because that Bacho Pavel stuff. Uh, with the other quiet soldier and the observation of the banner, what what an amazing self-contained story yeah, about yeah. this Chernobyl accident uh, that I think a movie wouldn't get. Um, so yeah. I, I love that it it could take its time and and tell these separate stories. And what about it, things? It, like and change.
2: that's Barry Keoghan, right? The the kid. From yeah, Barry Keoghan. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah you, I, and which I, guys I, in it? yeah. Ralph Innocent? Yeah, no, I loved oh, it. Because yeah. the thing is, too, they both show up. I've seen this a couple times. They both show up very briefly in yeah. uh, the previous episode, in episode two. And then in episode three, you're like, oh, yeah. I Because even in episode that two, guy. I was like, that looks like Barakia. And that looks like, sounds like Ralph Innocent. And then they're they're all over the place in the next episode. So they kind of like tease it. Hey, you're going to yeah. get some Ralph Innocent and Barakia.
3: <laughs> it's like I um. said. It is a five-hour movie. Like, if anything's a movie, this is. Like, if you do for the gray area of TV and movies. Because um, I binged it and I, I'd be, I'm glad I did, I it, but, because uh, yeah, woman, I,
2: mm, go ahead. Yeah. That character is amazing, the one that's basically the mentor for Barry Keoghan. I mean, he's amazing. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious if he's real or an am. But like the lady, the Jira character was a fictitious <laughs> <Jira> composite <laughs> apparently, and like, saw apparently had a family which they cut, and the guy said he goes. Yeah, well, A, we, we wanted to focus on his relationships with the other Chernobyl people. And then he goes, at the end, he goes, and I would, didn't want to do that to them. But also the the fact that he had a family makes what he did even more courageous because they had more to use on him. It's shown in the miniseries.
1: Right. Uh, uh-huh. So, Kelly, well, I remember you talking about the, the thing, the, the John Carpenter one, and how that's that's a movie where – uh, you have middle-aged men there are no hot yeah. chicks in it like it's so anti-hollywood and that's yeah. one of the things i loved about this too is yeah. how un- there was nobody in this who was who's was pretty and i love that about this movie and even the cinematography everything looked like it was stained with cigarette smoke like uh, mm-hmm. and that the heroes were middle-aged men because yeah. i mean this is this is about in this, these are the, the guys who are dealing with this, and uh, like I, I love that it was it, it was so opposite of what a commercial movie would do to try to attack attract young viewers. Uh, yeah, and it just gave it it gave it so much creative and historical gravitas. integrity because of that, and gravitas, absolutely, yeah. But uh, having Jared Harris as your lead character, and also yeah. having him play someone who is not lionized like his character is kind yeah, of meek in makes and mistakes e- he's, he makes mistakes he's easily cowed uh at times he's he's ineffectual at times he, he's even kind of dumb i love how you know you know when stellan skarsgård describes him as a naive idiot he says that went well Naive yeah. idiots aren't threatening so i love that we have such flawed heroes and craig Mazin did take some creative liberties with it to and to i think great effect uh Because because I love you know these are these are these just flawed heroes and they're they're played by people with amazing faces and the faces are amazing not because they're pretty because they look like people you would expect from the Soviet era which is uh, so much
3: more important
1: like it's such an obvious thing to do you know what I mean it's so keenly aware of its setting like throughout the production design the casting. Yeah, the, the the wardrobe, Stellan Skarsgård's hair, like he looks like an old Central Committee member. Like, just yeah. all of that stuff is just so carefully done, and 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 just it's such a tribute to the era and the period and, and the people, frankly. Yeah, yeah.
3: He apparently was less of a nuclear reactor specialist and had to be educated on that. Subject. So, did you like listen to
1: uh, to Craig Mazin's podcast
3: then? No, no, I just read oh. up on stuff, but I should. I w- actually would. I would want. I would want to. Do,
1: so so uh, they did it. So I watched this uh, when it when it aired. So I had to deal with the whole. Oh God, I have to wait a week because they really do play with and I'm not real comfortable with how they played with the ending of the second episode. But they really do try to end some of them on these cliffhangers, uh, yeah. and that was kind of excruciating yeah. to wait for. But then I also binge watched it this week as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's and the it, way to do it. I never. Is it really? I'm. I'm okay. Really. I'm, well, you know, is would you rather uh, quickly drink a good drink or sip it over time?
3: You know, and it they're depends. both like you said. It's both like about a horror movie, and I wanted to keep that horror movie feeling going. Like, oh, it, believe me, it Kelly, Wan, like, it, it lasts. Oh,
1: it lasts for the week while you're waiting for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> it, it
3: lasts over five weeks as well as it does over a day. Yeah, but it's different if you have to wait a week. The last thing you see is Guyer Count is going crazy and three guys in water. It's right. Like, oh, and oh my God, there and two of those guys are still alive and you find out. But also the miners uh, did all that for nothing and it didn't catch fire. Like, they were all exposed needlessly.
1: Right, but you might, because this is all stuff that he brought up in the podcast. So, yeah. So, I was going to say, so after every episode, uh, HBO hired Peter Seagal, the wait, wait, don't tell me guy who uh, is pretty loquacious and he's a a clever fellow. He sits down and he talks with Craig Mazin for an hour and it's basically director's commentary for each of the episodes where they talk for an hour uh, and you know, Craig Mazin talks about his script and the things that were different in history and the different characters and why he made certain choices uh, in his script. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of rich material here.
2: Uh, Wait, uh, are you telling me that there's an hour of commentary from Peter Sagal at, interviewing this guy for each episode?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's an hour-long podcast for each episode. Yep, absolutely.
2: Holy cats
1: and Peter Seagal is good at uh like like there is some fanboys. smart um, questions. but yeah he he asks them smart questions and he gives uh, Craig Mazin plenty of room to just talk and say what he wants to and so uh it's, it's it's really solid work. It's not like having Kevin Smith interview
3: him or something. All right. Plus, since there's no one famous in it, you don't get the stupidest question ever. What was it like working? Oh my God!
1: You... Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That is so and, well, and boring. also too, Kelly Wand, he's not talking to the director, which I yeah. find is is a, yeah. I think is a is a is a really interesting choice if you want to talk about. Why the the, the, the the specific storytelling choices, which right, I think right. go more to the writer and the the guy who's credited with the creator of a series, yeah. and that by the way is another reason I feel this and the is research very, yeah. that is another reason I feel this is different from movies is because shows like this, uh, when you have someone like Craig Mazin as the writer and then Johann Renk comes in and directs it, uh, they have very different roles than a writer and a director would on a movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the the creative responsibility for what is expressed is, is very different. This is less of an auteur kind of project, uh, and it's more Craig Mazin, who's actually really new at this kind of thing. As Kelly Wan mentioned, yeah. the guy's just done comedy scripts before, um, yeah. and he hasn't produced any. Uh, I don't think he's produced it. It's certainly not a TV series like this. Um, whereas this is I think better than Hangover too though. Right, right. Whereas I think Johan Renk, I don't don't know him from other stuff either. uh, But I think just as a – and the thing that also struck me, and this is also different in a TV show and a movie, when you work on a TV show, the director of photography, especially when a director is rotating, and a lot of TV shows will have different directors come in for different episodes. So the real creative input in terms of the shots – and, and I've seen this firsthand, and it's kind of amazing, is from the director of photography. Because the director will ask him, the director of photography will have these ideas. The director on a TV show can have final say, but they realize the director of photography has been working on this the whole time. So I looked up who shot this, and yeah. uh, it's, it's a, a Norwegian fellow named Jacob Iray, whose last project was a movie called Thelma. Which I love. Uh, <laughs> I see what's
3: going
1: on. Uh, and Thelma is. <laughs> well, he has is, a really good eye. I'll
3: watch he's Thelma got a great eye, but Thelma
1: work. is also—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, Thelma are these are these gleamingly perfect Nordic interiors, uh, and it doesn't have the dinginess that I, I, I think he captured so well in this. But the guy's a fantastic yeah. cinematographer.
3: Yeah, the production value in this is
2: incredible. It like, really is. It, it really
3: literally has. fell.
2: Yeah, that you're sense absolutely of place is
3: amazing. And the you're reactor. Absolutely
2: right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And the out of the work, like everything was just perfect. I really felt like I was there, and I think that was one reason I, I binged is I felt like I had to because I didn't want to lose being in that world. Like I wanted it to be a sustained vision. Sure, right, right.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I felt exactly the same way. Um, I couldn't and, put it down. <laughs> and I know, I know that you guys will roll your eyes at this, but it was much like my experience of watching the movie Roma last year. Is that there's you so want to much break the spell? It, well, it, it's just that there's. Every bit of information in the frame is there for a reason. Right. And it adds what I call, uh, personally, uh, just something that relates to me as texture uh, when I'm watching a movie or a show. And everything about this show uh, is textural uh, from the way, like Tom was talking about, the way the actors look, uh, from the costumes, from the way Emily Watson is acting from, uh, I, I was watching it with a friend of mine and I'm wondering, uh, is that picture of the reactor a uh, a, a set construction? Is it, is it something else? I mean, I mean, what is that? I mean, how did they create these, these constructs, um, and all of that stuff in the hallways, and the way their silly uh, costumes looked, as far as like the chef costume. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're wearing your yeah. fucking
1: hat. Yeah, I love yeah.
2: miner's rejoinder. Because yeah.
3: uh, <laughs> you're in Russia, it's like a death of Stalin vibe. Because they're all talking.
2: Right. Well, the thing right. that Kelly but wanted. All that... of that. All of that led to me feeling like uh, I can feel this as a movie. Uh, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel this on my fingers. And I really appreciate that about this kind of thing. And that's why I agree with you, Kelly, about, like, uh, I've watched it a couple of times, too, as Tom has. Um, why I feel like you, you don't want to you don't want to let it, like, spool out. You want to watch it.
3: Yeah, and it's it's like a. Uh... Where the where the, the characters are nervous because they're looking at, at the stuff we're looking at and the stuff that we're looking at looks amazing like and terrifying so there's a lot of non dialogue we're just like they're just looking at stuff <laughs> uh, uh,
1: but, one of one of my favorite examples of that is when Jared Harris is handed uh, I think it's got to be uh, Bruchenov's report, or it's one of the one of the middle manager guys' reports while he's waiting to come into the meeting, uh, and he just reads the report, uh, yeah, and and you just yeah. watch him react His eyes, to it, yeah, and yeah, and it's not until later in the meeting that you're going to find out that he's dis, that he's made the connection about the graphite and the reactor having blown up. Like to to think he's being called in That's for something think think he's Until being called that, in for, for, there was just a fire on the roof of a of a, right, right. of a of a nuclear power plant, and then he's given, okay, while you're waiting here, you can read the report, and then he so realizes, wait a minute, the thing blew up and nobody knows it yet. Yeah. And yeah. and and you know, and he knows yeah. how much radiation is constantly being poured in the environment. Like, and yeah. Jared Harris just does that with his face, and I yeah. just that guy, Dingus. Did you ever watch The Terror, the AMC series? No. Yeah, you should maybe check that because Jared Harris is also so good in that, and he drives the terror. He's the terror. so
2: good. Oh my god! Yeah. So the
1: the the uh, Jared Harris Stellan Skarsgård relationship is, is there's a similar one throughout the Terror with Jared Harris and Kieran Hines uh, as as ship captains. Oh. Um But just the dynamic with uh, Jared Harris, I, I'm just in love with the fellow. The guy is just awesome. Uh, but it looks like Skarsgård uh, a little <laughs> when he was mm, younger. Really, you think so? Oh, red Harris – well, Skarsgård has a, a this a big, bit. huge slab of a head, which just sure. serves the, that role so well. Uh, ah. And by the way, I have figured out which character in uh, Chernobyl each of us is. You guys ready for this?
2: Oh, I can't wait.
1: All right. Kelly Wand is hapless rooftop guy who trips and falls twice
3: yeah,
1: uh, and I then sees that he is. ripped his his boot.
3: Yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the guy who picks up the graphite. Hey, guys. No, you're the guy because that guy doesn't trip (laughs) once. You're
1: told you've got 90 seconds, the most important 90 seconds of your life, and the guy doesn't trip once. He trips twice. (laughs) Poor fella. That's what would happen if he sent me out there, though. Like, right? Oh, you'd be so nervous, right? If you'd be told, "Don't trip, don't trip." It's like, "Don't think of an elephant." Yeah, dude, I
3: can't catch. Like, I was such a loser and fucking dingus.
1: You are Emily Watson, assistant who comes in to work on a Saturday and provides all the theories about what the radiation isn't, so that she can eventually <laughs> say what it really is. Uh, and then, of course, yeah. and this is what made me think of it: I am of uh, Stellan Skarsgård, from my booming vocal quality, my authoritative <laughs> men, and the my decision strong... was made. The rules.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Uh All right. So there. That was that bit.
3: No, I like it. <laughs> The, the helicopter apparently... That was like a week later, not the next day. Although it was really good in the
2: episode when it happened. My favorite Dude. little moment that you had referenced earlier before the, that bit uh, is when Ludmilla, who is uh, played by Jesse Buckley, um, just goes into the room. This is before the explosion actually happens. Or before they notice it. Uh, and she just sees her firefighter husband lying there in his briefs, just splayed out on the bed, looking like a, like a flat man. And you just see this look on her face of absolute love. Uh, And she conveys that perfectly. And because that, that will inform everything that she does for the rest of the series, Um, including putting her baby at risk. And putting her own life at risk. Um, that moment in, in the doorway where he's asleep, where she looks at him, just with this look of, like, just, it's just It's just a moment. It's just, I love that man. So,
1: Dingus, you're a parent. How did you feel about the uh, Ludmilla's choices? Like, did that, uh, how did that, because I know you've talked about in Everest. Like, you have no sympathy for the characters who go up on the mountain when they've got a family waiting for them back, back at home. And, uh... What I and I so watching this, I'm like, I wonder what Dingus thinks about Ludmilla's choices.
2: Um, I'm of two minds about it. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, we she's she's a young person, and young people have this idea of and uh, I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, what was constantly amazing to me about this is that there's not more. Uh, <laughs> there's not more stop gaps here. There's not more, uh, there's not more keeping people from doing terrible things to themselves involved with radiation. What, what is, what is going on here? Um, uh, so uh, for the first part, it's that, that young person idea of, um, I just, I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Uh, Because I believe that I will survive because I'm Uh, immortal because I'm a young person. Uh, The other half of my brain is like, why would you, if you know you're pregnant and this nurse has told you, don't do this, then don't do it. Uh, I mean, that really kind of pisses me off. Um, But I I understand both sides of that. I understand both sides of how that, how the human brain works and what they've been told uh, and what they have not been told. Um, So it's hard to answer that question, Tom, uh, in a non-binary way.
1: I I think because it... It's and for, I think for a modern audience watching that, and it, it's like watching a movie where a pregnant lady is drinking wine. You know that like there right. that that kicks off a, a judgment in the audience's mind. I, I think, uh, but I think largely what's going on here, because the first time I saw this, I, I was a little taken aback at that, and I was like, wait, she's why is she? Do that? That's terrible. That's a horrible choice to make. Uh, but I think what it's getting at is the fact that people didn't really appreciate. The impact of radiation and how it worked right. and what it really did, and they certainly didn't appreciate in a in a society uh, that was oppressive like like the Soviet Union, where they didn't they weren't told that, where they weren't where trained. the, the yeah. risks of that sort sort of thing weren't brought out because then it that that would have to then uh, concede that hey a nuclear power plant might explode we might fail the state might fail at keeping nuclear power safe, um, and it, and it gets to the fact that like. So few people really understood the impact of what was going on here, and I think one place you see that is when the nurse says, "Do we have any iodine pills?" and "Do we have any iodine?" and the Uh. the, the older doctor, who's been doing this for you know 50 years, he's like, "You mean disinfectant?" Like it doesn't even occur to him. There's a nuclear power plant accident. The guy doesn't even occur to him. You know, iodine pills to treat radiation. Like they were just so ill prepared for that. Well, partly because. He's old, so he should know, by the way. That's like, true. He actually. should know how yeah. x rays and cancer treatments smart. work. Um, yeah. But I just World think that, that people were just so ill prepared to, to really understand the impact of radiation. Um, right. Because also, I mean, it it has, no, I, yeah. it's it also said, am. real quick, that this has never happened before. You know, yeah. there has never been an accident on Earth that has exposed this many people to, to radiation. This was unprecedented. How um,
3: was Fukushima compared to that? Oh, okay. oh, good
1: point. I guess, well, that wasn't an accident. That was like an act of war. But yeah, very good, very Fukushima good point. Hiroshima once? I thought you said Hiroshima. No. Oh no, I meant oh, oh, uh, Fukushima. Yeah. Fukushima. Melbourne. But Fukushima was after. Uh, that was after Chernobyl. But That's actually, you true, are okay. atomic bombs being dropped on Japan does kind of qualify
3: though. And so. if you're on an island and there's a meltdown, like we'll see.
2: But his no. his answer is thoroughly uh, naked. It's not. Uh, I'm hiding something it's like, why would we need that? I mean he has yeah. he, he seems to have no idea it's not the the line reading isn't isn't that a apparatchik kind of a line reading of uh mm-hmm. let's just keep this quiet it's 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 naive it's weird it's a weird line reading because it seems to give the idea that. They had no idea. Yeah. Do you
3: think Chernobyl caused the end of Soviet communism?
1: <laughs> Kelly Wanda, everybody knows Reagan did that. Come on. Oh, with
3: a speech? That's
1: <laughs> Well, you consider, I mean, it's certainly like what, how many hundreds of thousands people got conscripted and how much money did they, like it, it was a huge and drain on The humiliation, Soviet the
3: global humiliation. Exactly,
1: right, right. right. Uh, it definitely showed cracks it, you know, that, that it. would that would widen in a few years when the Berlin Wall came down.
3: Yeah, and finger pointing too. He was like, "Fuck, this isn't just like we can't have that guy running things. Look what happened." All
2: okay. right, so we have a writer in her named Chris Marginson who makes this point. Yes, and we will be dead in five years. The look on Scar's face is great. The enormity yeah. hits home. So yeah. Um, i watched this with a friend of it's mine, uh, Suzanne, who holds forth that, um, that the final testimony at the end, which by the way, I really do want to talk about episode five and it's editing and the way it's structured. Cause I, I think it's brilliant structure. Uh, but her point is kind of that, uh, Jared Harris's character would have uh what's his name? Lagason. Lagasan.
3: Legasaw. It's got legacy in his name.
2: Um uh would have done that even if he wasn't dying. Yeah. That that uh this isn't he merely this this isn't merely I mean, he knows he's dying. He's he's said this to Stellan Skarsgård's character. Um would he have done that? Would he have done his testimony?
3: And of a family, don't forget.
2: <laughs> even if he knew he wasn't, even if he didn't know he was dying.
1: Yeah, I don't know what actually prompted uh, Legasov to to come forth during the show trial rather than the international trial in Vienna. You know, watching right. this movie, if he really wanted to make just sort of, and I don't know the answer to this, but sort of referring what I saw in the movie to history, if he really wanted to make a difference, he would have done this in Vienna, where he had an international audience, and right. where the Soviet Union couldn't have swept it under the rug. So, uh, I think that saps a uh, little bit... Jira. <laughs> well, I think that saps a little bit from this idea of him making like a noble sacrifice. Uh, maybe he changed his mind. Like, maybe after Vienna well, he hated well,
3: himself.
2: Doesn't Emily Watson's uh, plea to him saying... I that's expect you to do this. Well, I understand that she's a conglomeration of different characters. I understand that she's not a real yeah. character. Um, but isn't but to Tom's point, uh, isn't her plea supposed to be his motivation?
3: Yeah, but why did she say that before Vienna?
1: <laughs> right, right. Like that. That's um, is it. Just it's kind of. Uh, I, I think part of what's going on here is they She's just the have to acknowledge right. the fact that he didn't announce this internationally. He announced it within the context of a show trial where the KGB could then make sure it had Expressed. no effect. So what actually oh. what actually accomplished something was him hiding these tapes and, and disseminating them right, after right. he died so that it was kind of an underground movement uh, – amongst the scientific community that saw through what that that saw to completion, what he wanted to happen. Okay. And, but it also, I think kind of makes, I I think it, I I think part of why the story works this way is it explains a lot about his suicide. Like he understands that he failed all the stuff uh, that Sherkov, the KGB guy says to him in that room is what he's left with, you know, Uh, 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 Emily uh, Watson's character says to him, uh, you you know, you need to do this uh, in order for us to get these reactors fixed. And so he does it and then is immediately shepherded into that room and told no one's ever going to hear this. And so two years later, he kills himself and is probably, it's, it's, it's a tragic, despairing situation, I think we're supposed to believe. But it's only afterwards that these tapes come out and... The scientific community then prods the Soviet Union into actually fixing these other reactors. Um, oh, okay, okay, that makes more sense. But I did I wonder, you know, so. I definitely thought, dude, if, if you don't know, save something at, at Vienna, and they also were were implying in the movie too that Sherkov had told him, look, just play nice in Vienna, and then we'll take care right, of everything. Right, that's the, true. The idea is that the KGB was was leading him on. Uh,
3: right, and he doesn't ag- notice, or he doesn't. Ag- well, he's a naive
1: this. idiot, as as Stalin's card guard points out. When it comes to dealing with the KGB, he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. Like he that's that's not you know that's that's Sherbina's territory is how to navigate those circles. He's just a scientist. Uh,
3: that makes sense though. Like after the went, "Oh, they're going to reneg. Fuck them!
1: I'll do right. the show trial. Yeah, exactly. To do this futile, useless gesture,
3: and maybe make tapes."
1: <laughs> Right, but if it, if it was going to be and this is another if if anybody else had written this and you know if it had been a if it had it been a, it, hung if it had been a Michael Bay movie. He definitely would have at yeah. Vienna had a dramatic speech in front of the international community and that's what would have fixed it. We would have skipped past all these like tapes and the guilt and the show trial have been and the suicide. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah,
3: he would have thrown Gorbachev across.
1: The uh, what did you guys think of the sympathetic portrayal of
3: Gorbachev? Uh you know It it felt authentic in a weird way. Like, obviously someone had to let him... Like, there was someone not totally horrible at the top, or that would have been even worse, I think. I don't know much about Gorbachev. What's he like?
2: Well, (laughs) uh, I I think that... You know, he has this role in history of, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, take down this wall kind of role. Yeah, but he didn't put it up uh but he was also known as, i think i think largely as
3: uh last noticed,
2: I as an alcoholic who didn't really know what he was doing all the time but had a good reg yeah um and so uh he gets a lot of credit for uh just being a nice guy, i think I don't know. He I seems mean, in
3: over his head in a beer. Like I don't,
1: you know. Well, one of the things I like about this movie that Kursk did incorrectly, like Kursk just wanted to have black hat villains and white hat good guys. Uh, th- this movie villainizes the system, but I think humanizes the people. Um, you know, yeah. you, you've got you've got someone like Shirkov, who's the KGB guy, and even he, by the way, like his little speech about the KGB is yeah. just a circle of accountability. Yeah, like yeah. that, the guy is not twirling a mustache. Like that, that's some real politics yeah. stuff there. Like that, that stuff makes sense. Um, but, but to show Gor- to but to show Gorbachev as someone who's actually concerned about the fact that he's, he, you know, when he's asked, "I need your permission to kill these three men." Like he doesn't—that obviously pains him. You know, Gorbachev cares about the people of Russia, the people of Ukraine, and Belarus. Right, Uh, Right. And and I I like that the movie is is willing to show us that because he's our defeated enemy, by the way. I mean, Gorbachev was a reformer, but he was you know this was the this was our this was our rival superpower. Um, I grew up thinking that this was the evil empire, and they not thinking that, but being told this was the evil empire. These are the guys that want to kill us with nukes, and with 2020 hindsight, these people also, they loved their people. They they wanted a better life uh, they for They were underdogs, him. really. And, and, but here was the problem, though, is they were working within the context of a brutally repressive system and ideology. And right. I think that's what this movie is. You know, I don't doubt that Donald Trump loves his son, Barron. I do not doubt that for one second. <laughs> uh, He's not capable of love, Tom. But the thing is, I don't doubt also that Gorbachev, who ran the Soviet Union, which is was an, an evil, horrible place. And, and I think the greatest threat in the 20th century was, I, I'm fully on board with being a Cold War hawk in that thinking communism was a horrible, horrible thing and a, and a terrible scourge in the 20th century. And uh, so I love the idea that this supervillain is humanized and is shown being pained at the prospect of people dying. Uh, I love that the, the generals here, and even the soldier, you know, Bacho is... A hardened uh, veteran of the Afghanistan war, and he's talking about how easily he can kill people, but he doesn't. He is intent on not letting the Don't animals let suffer. suffer. Yeah. yeah, he's a there's a like a good person it's somewhere in there underneath this brutal killer, uh, and it humanizes him by having these kind of contrasting aspects of this guy who shot someone in the stomach and is inured to human casualties, but by golly he'll kill you if you let an animal suffer. Uh, right. When he
3: sees the puppies, he's all fuck. I'll do it. Well, and he's
1: also—that's the thing too—is he's super. There's this really weird kind of not maternal, but it's like like older brother uh, sentiment that he has towards Pavel, towards Barry Keoghs character, uh, where he's obviously angry at him, but he's also kind of patient with him. He gets Uh, it. He doesn't demean him, uh, and you know when he shows when. (laughs) He says or he's
2: going to he says, I'll, if you don't do this I'll shoot you and then he doesn't do it and he's like just go away I'll take care of it. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but just there is to that whole relationship
1: too with when Barry Keogh has no idea what to do with the cliff and the rifle and then he shows up, and he doesn't say anything he doesn't like you like he just holds it and he and he puts the clip in and then hands it to him like that's him teaching his little brother how to load the gun. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it was just such a cute relationship. Uh but okay. don't
2: you? But don't you think that um, Gorbachev? I mean, this, this is one of my problems with with that particular portrayal. And I like I like your take on it. I like your take on as far as how the movie humanizes the characters while well, talking about the awfulness of the overall structure of that particular political. Thing, Um, and and this is something that that the other writer, John Ranninger, says um, that Three Mile Island and Fukushima were immediately reported on. I mean, it was immediate. It was these are the these are this is what's happening. This is the implications. We're letting everybody in the world know this is what's going on. And uh, Chernobyl was denied, and this is exactly what John says. Uh, Chernobyl was denied even two days later when Sweden detected radiation. Mm-hmm. So isn't uh, Gorbachev responsible for that?
1: Uh, the, I forget who says it, but he, Gorbachev is in charge of a country about whom, in this, in this TV show, someone says, our strength is the perception of our strength. Uh, they are working in the context of a system that cannot acknowledge weakness. Uh, because they don't
2: have the strength oh. that the United oh, States has. Oh, because they they they're like, they they fear humiliation. I think is one of the lines. And, and that theory. as well,
1: that as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. it's a brutally repressive system that's based on a completely, a fundamentally different value than the the it, the United States or Japan with Three Mile Island or Fukushima. Or they kept
3: it from them. Um, they believed it wasn't it?
1: It, it, it used to be the same dingus with like just Russian airline crashes. Like they wouldn't acknowledge oh. what they were. They wouldn't investigate them. There's a I love the fact that uh, Paul Ritter, and this is amazing, is Diatlov, the uh, the the just angry manager guy who basically oh. drives this thing. I love that actor. He's so good in this. But his his name is familiar because there's an episode in the Urals where some students were they were like hiking. They were like graduate students studying geology or something, and there was a place called the Diatlov Pass where they famously died and there's this mystery about you know their bodies were found you know way 200 yards from the tents and they left their tents without putting their shoes on and then there were there were no places where there were no tracks and it could have been ufos uh so the dyatlov past deaths are just full of conspiracy theories about all this you know the evidence it couldn't have been an avalanche and it couldn't have been a wild animal and it couldn't have been a murder but all that Dyatlov Pass is, is the fact that the Soviet Union doesn't... When the terrible thing happens in the Soviet Union, they don't acknowledge it. They don't let the rest of the world know. When these four students were killed in an avalanche in the Dyatlov Pass, they never acknowledged it to the families. Yeah. They didn't want it to be known. So from that, it you know people's imaginations are like, oh, it could have been UFOs or a Yeti yeah. or a time travel thing. Like The Dyatlov Pass is just the fact that the Soviet Union wouldn't tell people when something terrible happened, because that's part of propaganda as well. Is the, Egyptians the, state, neither, the, but... the state is supreme, and the state cannot acknowledge uh, error. The state right. is infallible, uh, it's, right. it's a religion in a way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so yes, dingus, that is definitely the country that Gorbachev is running, but I don't doubt that he is pained at having to send three men to their deaths, and of course pained at the prospect of the Ukraine and Belarus being irradiated. Uh, so, uh, so to answer your question, thing is, yes, I definitely Gorbachev is in charge of this terribly brutal system, uh, but I think that makes it all the more meaningful that they humanize him in this
2: movie. But he's basically shielded from a lot of the truth. Gorbachev
1: is. Yeah. No, I, I I doubt. It. I mean, I you know when you're when you're that, I I mean, like I doubt it. Like what well, I think Gorbachev knows. Well, people are
2: afraid to tell other people... Or they don't know. Or... The people uh, above them the truth, because if you tell somebody above you the truth in this type of system, you're you're talking about a bullet. I mean, th- that's brought up a couple of times during this.
3: Right? Then you get caught in a line, you get a bullet, too. So you gotta pick something.
2: But I think as far as being informed, though, like, Gor-
1: Gorbachev... N- n- I-, I think he knows what he knows and knows what he doesn't know.
2: Ah, uh, uh, That's a very, very well... Uh, that's very well... But I like,
1: like, that. like just you know the counterpart today is is Putin and you know Putin of course is in a culture the same thing, uh, in ways much much worse. Uh, uh, that's,
2: that's yeah, that's different.
1: And you know he he knows what's going on. So he's
2: uh, he's more of the conductor, and I I don't think or uh, Gorbachev was.
1: Well, I do think though, is Gorbachev does know enough to say, hey, wait a minute, let me hear what this guy has to say about the graphite and react to yeah. that. Yeah like like uh, when when word gets to, like he knows when he's not being told things and he knows cuz uh, Sherbina and certainly uh, you know uh, Ber- Brukhanov I'm forgetting that guy's name he never uh, gets mad either they're trying to to tell Jared Harris Legasov okay we don't don't talk anymore but Gorbachev knows that, hey there's something that that guy has to say that maybe I should hear him out uh oh, okay. so All when right. things get to him I, yeah
3: plus you go oh it's one guy telling me the truth and 10 liars right right so yeah I better listen to the one guy. I'm going to get what's what's really going. Uh, Okay, so
1: another thing that I really loved about this is that it – so before you had seen it, Kelly Wand, to make you want to watch Chernobyl, I I wanted to say one word to you, and you probably don't even remember that, and that's fine. But I said to you, watch Chernobyl. It's good. I'm going to give you one word, Lovecraft. Do you (laughs) see what I was getting at? Um… Maybe not, because so. this might be my thing So I think there are elements In, in the way that this plays like a horror movie I feel mm. that there, there are elements of, of what is called Cosmic horror in this And and Lovecraft oh, yeah, kind I'm of pioneered good. this idea Of cosmic horror And it, it, a lot of it comes from uh, Just how frightening Science is at revealing Creation. How ins- At revealing how insignificant We are in the universe That's a terrifying thing And Lovecraft kind of personified that with these elder gods, these monsters, because it's way easier to think of monsters than the impossible, ineffable vastness of the universe and how the sun will die a heat death and none of us will matter eventually. So Lovecraft just presented that as, hey, what if there's a monster so powerful it didn't care about you? Uh, and that's this idea of cosmic horror, uh, horror that's just so great that we can't understand it and that we are, the horror about our insignificance and I, I think I, I see elements of this in the cosmic horror of us, in the presence of atoms being split. Yeah. Uh, radiation is an invisible killer. It's a monster, and there's a beautiful shot, and I think you referenced it, Kelly Wand, of the smoke from uh, chernobyl advancing on pripyat over the green forest yeah. and it's like a monster it's like a cloud or it's like a killer cloud or a swarm of bees or something rolling into the city towards population Marcus. um but yeah i feel that this this movie of uh, this movie this 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 miniseries is presenting radiation as an invisible killer that comes from the cosmos you know it comes from forces that we don't we can't possibly understand, and we kind of do, but that that are just beyond our ken. And even the mm-hmm. shots, there are a couple of shots of the exploded core that look like something from a cosmic horror. Yeah. It looks like some space villain or, or some like evil nebula. Like it definitely looks like some special effect in a cosmic horror movie. Um, the music too, but the music definitely. But what Super this radiation that. does is it dehumanizes us. It deprives us of our humanity. It turns us into decomposing, melted, horrific, just former human beings. There's a point where the nurse, where where Ludmilla says, but that's my husband. And the nurse says, that's not your husband anymore. That's something else different. And he's dangerous to you. Uh, You can't see it, it, but you can hear it. Yeah. It dehumanizes those relationships. It it deprives us too. It drives us from the trappings of society. We leave our homes. Not yeah. only do we leave, you know, pets. We leave pets behind. The things that we yeah. take pride in nurturing and protecting them, but we then have to go back and murder them and kill They're them. They're poisoned by us. Uh, exactly. They're poisoned, and the land is poisoned. You know, the land yeah. that we depend on for our sustenance is poisoned. You know, water. The, the Ukraine was the, is the. It's where the, the Soviet Union gets a lot of its food, and the Ukraine was was threatening with being completely in, poisoned and being useless and rendered. Twenty four thousand years. Right, exactly, which is a number exactly. that means nothing. It's so big yeah. that it's beyond our ken. Go back twenty four thousand.
2: Uh, well, it's whatever. also that that idea of uh, we're going to when Jared Harris says we're we'll be dead in five years, and Stellan Skarsgård, and this is something that Chris Markinson brought up as well, just gives this look like oh. Anyway, and there's nothing you can do about that. I and mean, he, goes, uh,
3: he goes, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't tell you before that.
2: You know, we're we're, we're going to be dead in five years. He's all sorry, and,
3: dude. <laughs>
2: and, and there's no reversing that. That is otherworldly. That's yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. That's what it's going to be.
0: Now, I like um, the Lovecraft
2: thing. I like I, that.
1: Kelly, Wan, it specifically reminds me of a, there's a story called "Color Out of Space," yeah, which is yeah, basically yeah. about radiation in a way, and and also yeah. the effects of. Like, like Vasily and Toptikoff, like the, the guys in the control room and the firemen when when like the, that horrific makeup uh, reminds me yeah. of – there are a couple of Lovecraft stories. There's one called The Thing on the Doorstep. There's one called A yeah. uh, Case of Charles Dexter Ward where characters' yeah. flesh just decomposes. Uh, and it just yeah, made me think salts, that's, a that's a totally the effect that would be used in, in those stories. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: So it's and funny yeah, the music. didn't thing. live to see that. Like Lovecraft died right, but he died of cancer, ironically. But like, I didn't know that. Yeah, in his thirty. He was a terrible. He died in agony, pancreatic cancer. And he, was, and he was poor. And he, and he knew no. It was like, and then right after that was World War II. Like you didn't get to see all these. Like oh, the real horrors. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: And that's the thing too that uh, you know I think part of the, this idea of cosmic horror is that these the universe it's not hostile to you it's just indifferent to you yeah. and right. and that's kind of what radiation is because you know radiation saved my life like i would be i wouldn't be talking to you guys right yeah. now if i didn't have 8 weeks of being strapped to a, this gurney and having radiation a computer shaped radiation in the exact configuration to the to the finest detail of a tumor in my neck and then only those parts of me being damaged and being killed with radiation yeah. i would be dead and that's the exact same radiation that turned these that liquefied these men right. so radiation yeah. it's not good or bad it's just something that is so intensely powerful that doesn't care about us and when
3: Marie Curie discovered it, she thought – at the time, they thought it was benevolent. And she said, oh, it looks we like pretty. Thought, it we knew, now we can't look at her. Right, couple, we like knew
1: that radiation stuff. cured cancer before we ever knew it caused cancer.
3: Right, right. It actually right. came
1: out in that order, which is yeah. uh,
3: <laughs> kind of funny. We uh, are like a candle in the darkness. Like it's just – if you think about how recently we even discovered that or even that like – or trying to explain to Ben Franklin like the atomic bomb, like <laughs> in the Constitution about this.
2: Just, well, Tom it's... says Iron Man. <laughs> uh, I well, uh, glad you brought up Iron Man because I'm going to the uh, to the profane now Uh-oh. because um, when Goodness. you when you see that uh, that explosion that happens outside their window, Arc Phoenix when... bra. When Ludmilla, Ludmilla is looking out there, and and she sees that beam shining yeah. up into the sky, it reminded me of the Avengers, and the uh, the forces of the Chitari coming in. I know that's a, a ridiculous. I know, I know, it's a ridiculous thing to say after uh, after all the smart things that Tom, Tom just I'm just you
3: Lovecraft.
2: Now you're <laughs> yeah, this.
1: I don't. I'm I'm down with Joss Whedon as well, dingus. I'm okay yeah. with
3: that.
2: What? Um, oh. And so his early works
3: are so racist, though.
2: This (laughs) this idea of forces that you cannot control and you have no understanding of—that you know—in the Avengers are on a uh, are are, are on a more meta level that are destroying an entire city. And these uh, these ideas that you're talking about, Tom, are destroying the the cities of our body. Uh, is is uh, to me uh, it kind of it kind of pairs up um, in a like dopey comic way. Songs?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of uh, comic book like superhero stuff are, are basically power fantasies for what if we actually could take on these these cosmic horrors yeah. and these terrible things
0: like a power we fantasy. Cool, like
1: basically, uh, uh, a comic book is a horror story that can be averted because someone is super powerful. I think right. Yeah, it's a right
3: story. burn uh, with, uh don't Brown. even
1: get me started on brightburn kelly one's well, so dumb no, that that <laughs> that brightburn has no bearing on anything that has ever been said by anyone
0: <laughs>
1: wow. there you go. that's right that's my review of brightburn i still want to see it <laughs> sounds like you have strong opinions elizabeth berkeley's cute i mean no elizabeth banks excuse me of course that was quite the yeah i would watch yeah. it
3: for her dude yeah i am pretty need are
1: you crazy? How do you guys feel about the fact that. It's like because, problem
3: child with different music.
0: Okay,
1: right? uh, nobody in this miniseries talked with a Russian accent. What? Yeah, they made that, yeah, they made that decision. About that.
3: So, no, they made that decision. They go, it sounds goofy. They tried well, it, and they're like, eh, no.
2: I really wanted to ask you guys about it this. It sound because, comical. Because I talked about this, and I don't quite understand the choice, but I like the choice. Come on, of, your
3: support terrible
2: of uh you know you you've got the title cards that show up on the screen like
3: yeah the print.
2: like the two russian. years and one minute before all that you know all that's in english but all of the stuff that jared harris is using for his presentation is in is cyrillic yeah all writing all right. in this yep. all, yep. all yeah, of yeah, the yeah. writing is in russian but yeah. all. All of their language is basically English with English accents, and this is – It worked. Literally. I thought it worked. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what do you think about that choice? I mean I'm interested in that.
1: One of the things that I liked, and I don't know how intentional this was, and uh, I wanna, I'll tell you what Craig Mazin said in the podcast. But one of the, huh. uh, there's uh, – in, in Martin Scorsese's uh, Last Temptation to Christ, uh, and I don't remember if this is intentional, but there's this idea that the Romans spoke – with an English accent But the Hebrews spoke with a Bronx accent Like right. Harvey Keitel and Willem ah, Dafoe and that 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 was like a creative choice that he made To show no. that they were from different backgrounds
3: Fuck out of here I think pilot. They, could,
1: they could play with that some here Where the, Russia, the miners from Tula Like that guy was Scottish I think was and, awesome. and Barry Kill, by the way Didn't do his Irish accent Like, uh, So there were definitely some people Playing with accents um, and But so what Craig Mazin said was originally they, they definitely wanted to have people speak in sort of accented Russian-accented English. But as they were doing uh, auditions, and I love the way he puts this, and Dingus, I'm sure you'll exactly get this. When he, when he brought people for the auditions, he said, quote, that they were playing the accent instead of the role. Uh, uh, and so eventually, they just made the creative decision. You know what? We're not. We're just gonna not have people do a Russian accent, and we're just gonna hope that the audience goes along with it. We're gonna make it very clear from the from the outset. Nobody's gonna have a Russian accent in this, and hopefully, you'll eventually forget, uh, and it'll fall into the background. Um, but he definitely he said that that people were coming in and were playing the accent instead of the role. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, that's fascinating because uh, because they commit to it you go with it yeah but it does stand out the fact that all of the printed stuff is i got used to that too like
3: yeah but it was consistent
2: that's the
3: thing and
2: and it's not a foolish i mean it's not foolish it's it works it actually works
3: yeah you just go oh i have an i have a translator in my head but i'm looking at the things that they would have looked at
2: well To be fair to my come on, Lord of the Rings. uh, (laughs) Well, well, no, I was just thinking about Eddie Izzard's uh, bit about how uh, all bad characters in (laughs) Star Wars have English (laughs) accents.
3: Yeah, that's true, but it's not just Star Wars; it's the evil accent of everyone.
1: Yeah, all all (laughs) empires have exactly the Romans or or the Empire.
2: (laughs) They all
3: have accents. What
2: is it, Lieutenant Sebastian? But but he well, didn't don't like, have
3: accents like this, dingus. This is a heroic accent.
2: I guess well, I guess
1: there were no. Is is Jesse Buckley American, dingus?
2: Uh, I don't know what she
1: is. Because I was going to say there are no American actors in here, so of course no, no one speaks I love with an that. American actor. I
3: love that there's no American characters either. It's And also that, maybe that helps the actors.
1: Well, certainly the perspective on America too. <laughs> like Three Kingdoms. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, they, when yeah, they're talking yeah, yeah. about they don't want to get a lunar, a lunar rover from America. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and also too, when the workers at the plant or uh, Emily Watson's little sidekick who comes in on Saturday, they say, are <laughs> the Americans attacking? Like I you know, I you know they create this idea that, oh, yeah, American is the other, the, the opposite. They're the enemies yeah. here. Master
3: Commander too, in War, War of eighteen twelve. It's like we're the bad guys. Right, so, right. Boston, they're in a POW camp. In Boston, <laughs> they're British. <laughs> it's good shit. It's fascinating to like Boston. see like Boston, Jammer! Yeah! but like they all have like in in the Master Commander, he's like uh, they're like the Americans are like, why do you have a monarchy? Isn't that kind of dumb? Doesn't it seem like it's? He's all, hey, he, the guy's like humans aren't rational. That's why we have this. that's his excuse. Alright. So that's the British take on it. Thoughts.
1: But this this was like uh, I, I lived like we lived through this. Like this was this was relevant. Like I I remember I, you Alan, know, the Americans right. being villains in eighteen twelve, okay, whatever, I'm okay with that. There's those people were crazy back then. Who knew what America was like back then? Uh but
3: we shot down an Iran- Iranian passenger jet. Like that's Yeah, what...
1: but it was an accident, Kellywan. The Vincennes didn't <laughs> do that.
3: If they did that to us, we'd, we'd, uh, <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, you know. He well, they out did.
1: Out. Uh, Korean Airlines Flight 007. Hello. Yeah, hello.
3: Right. And we were outraged. <laughs> we like, hey, that's a no problem. Kelly won. Cool. It's
1: tit for we like, tit, What the fuck? The Cold War's tit for tat. That's just how that worked.
2: I, I actually remember uh, when I found <laughs> that out and talking to my stepdad about that and going, well, why aren't we at war then? Uh, I mean, a, he's all
3: watched Chernobyl. <laughs> he,
2: he's like, well, I'm like, an American's been killed. Why aren't we at war? I was a kid. I just thought that if an American gets killed, then we go to war. That's unless just what there's I an thought. arms
3: deal. And, 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 and
2: it's my,
3: yeah.
2: And my stepdad had to sit me down and say, uh, "This is how war actually works, and that's not it, it. You just don't run into it." <laughs> uh, and it was because uh, Pearl
3: Harbor is what it took to get us into World War
2: II. <laughs> yeah. Well, it,
3: we it did was, physically get. <laughs>
2: It was a sobering experience are. for me as a young kid, as a kid, like understanding, because uh, I was really raised conservatively. And I just thought, well, an American's been killed. Let's go. And yeah. my yeah. my stepdad's like, no, that's not really how that works.
3: They um, have to come to you. <laughs> uh, well, or they, have, or they have to have oil. That's the new rule.
2: I, I think there's more it's of just- a... I don't know a balance a scale um, I don't know what do you mean uh, what do you mean a balance like, I mean, mean uh, there has to be an accumulation I guess I don't know uh, but what he was trying to say is that your your naive idea of if one American gets killed we all go to war um, is not the Avengers idea of we don't trade lives. Oh it's God. it's more it's more complex than that. And let me try to teach you the complexity of it.
3: The state loves naive uh, idiots.
2: Ah, so. uh, very very well done. Nicely okay. done, Kelly.
3: Yeah. I like uh, the dialogue in this.
2: There's Mark- a lot of quotes. quotables. Oh, there's a ton oh. of
3: swallow to
2: stuff in this. And Markinson agrees with you about that. Uh, about that quote. Hangover 2, not
3: so much. Just saying.
2: <laughs>
3: I'll probably be quoting this more often than Hangover <laughs> 3. Then it's, a monkey smoking a cigarette's funny in English language. Is it,
0: though? I wouldn't uh, expect that
3: line for somebody who wrote Chernobyl, but... It's
1: not a like monkey smoking it. a cigarette. It's a monkey hitting, so, hitting someone
3: kicking someone in the balls. No. Uh, someone the balls. It's, it's a monkey
2: there, okay. fucking, a, fucking a coconut. It's a baby um, jerking
3: off of the first one. Okay, yes.
2: So, Chris Markinson also says, and... And three, that uh, the body disposal thing is a powerful end to the episode, um, and I have to agree with him on That's
1: that. Another, yeah, it's another way that it's, like, cosmically dehumanizing yeah. is you can't even be buried in the places where people go to honor the dead. Right. Like, and yeah, a yeah.
3: cement truck's at your funeral.
1: Yeah. yeah. That. Yeah, just the, the – Exactly, just that when that thing rolls into the frame, it's like, Oh my god, just the the industrial intrusion on a funeral yeah. on uh you know, a morning of the dead and you have a cement truck backing up into it. It's
3: just horrific. your wife's yeah. holding your shoes? How embarrassing.
2: Industrial intrusion is a great term. That's great, Tom. Uh yeah, like well, wife holding
3: shoes was a cool phrase too.
2: Uh, okay, so one of my favorite lines, just because it's—I
1: just—I love. It's such a cute little moment, and it—it—it it, it's, it says a lot about their relationship, and it's just so tiny and a little bit when they are bringing the moon rover, the lunar rover, onto the roof, and <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård says, "To think that's what we put on the moon," yeah. and Jared Harris says to him. Not that one. Like as if he really doesn't know. Like he's explained. (laughs) Like like Jared Harris thinks. I know. Jared Mm -hmm. Harris thinks I need to explain to this guy that we didn't bring it back from the moon. And he's just so sincere too in saying this to Stellan Skarsgård. And Stellan Skarsgård is so taken aback that he thought that about him. It's just this great little one-two-three character interaction moment uh, that I just loved because I loved those two characters and I love those actors so much. Well, the other guys (laughs) stare at them like, "What is? You guys need to get a room."
3: Not. That Uh, one. The the
2: understanding uh, between the literal and the figurative. Right. I mean, it was great. Exactly, Dick.
1: It's like, exactly. You could tell which one is the literal-minded scientist and who's the guy who's had to make a career out of finessing words.
2: Right.
3: I had no idea it was like a buddy cop movie. Right. I was really excited. Like, oh, he's going to be with him? Awesome. When
2: he... Like I'm gonna throw you Tell out, that works. I'm yes. gonna throw you out of this if you don't they're gonna throw you out of this. Is it the helicopter? No, it's not even I'm yeah, gonna have I'm gonna have that
1: guard throw you out of the helicopter yeah, the yeah. scared <laughs> at him. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, That's very I, I do love that relationship, yeah.
1: And what a clever anyone way anyone too shot, to though. get like, the, they to get. stand up. For the, the sequence, the exposition sequence where the scientist explains the science, yeah, what a clever yeah. way to do that—to have Stellan Skarsgård say, "Tell me how a nuclear reactor works." Because in script writing one hundred and one, that would be like, "Oh God!"
3: But then I when know, you discover, theory, it's like, "Okay, I don't
1: need you anymore." Dude, you, you tried to
3: warn me off this. You go, dude, it's lots of exposition. You're kind of like joking about it. Like, you I was totally it joking. I, I know it's going to be United ninety three. Lots of. But I, I was fascinated
2: by it. No, I, I, well, I don't. I don't think always
3: love that dialogue. Anyway, like it's like air traffic controller, close counters.
2: Well, let's talk about the the final uh, the final episode because uh-huh. it it reliable in a in a poorly made uh, show it could have been just an info dump, and it's not. It's really cleverly edited, and uh, if you watch it a second time, you're you're riveted because you know. Oh, this character's not gonna make it or whatever. Um but like a deep water final rising. episode. I love how that works.
1: It 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 intentionally deprives us of seeing the wind up and the actual accident. Like when we first yeah. see the accident, by the way, the character on screen we doesn't hear it. Yeah. The character on screen doesn't even see it. It's in the distance, yeah. and Jesse Buck, Ludmilla isn't even looking out the window. Like yeah. we the yeah. audience see it. It's you know what is that five kilometers away on the horizon, yeah. and then we just go to the aftermath. And and yeah. in a way, like I well, when I first watched the series, I didn't it didn't occur to me we were going to back up and see the whole thing. So when yeah. that fifth episode opens and you see Dyatlov, who's obviously pre-accident, yeah. walking down walking through Pripyat with his briefcase, and you see the the family that went to the railroad bridge and they're not radiated. Uh, you're like, wait, what? What's is this a dream sequence? What are we doing? And then you realize that, oh, they're going to – we're going back to that accident. We're going to see the lead-up to it because yeah. I didn't think – I
2: mean well, in a way we did Well, it says eventually. I didn't expect that at all.
3: Well,
1: because we didn't need – like the movie – I mean the, movie, the TV – the series would have worked even if we never Without got that. that. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I sort of thought we weren't going to get that. And then when we did, out of chronological order, there's something horrific, too, about seeing all these moments where somebody could have stopped or it, it or said it something either. different or made a different choice or declined yeah. a command. See uh, how and you're watching stopped. these people. You know what the outcome is going to be, and you're watching these poor, doomed characters yeah. fulfilling their roles in this cascade of errors and bad decisions and misjudgments and and, mis- and and deceit. Um yeah. So I, I structurally, I think it's absolutely brilliant, Dingus. Yeah, right, and it, it, totally it also made me think that, of your whole. whole uh,
2: we we break. did everything right. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Oh my God, and that's that, such a poignant yeah, line yeah. too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Uh, to you, you were gonna say? <laughs> I,
1: uh, no, I, I I was gonna lord over you and forgot uh, earlier early in the podcast how much you hate the uh, three <laughs> days earlier thing. So, but I well, guess if it's if it's four hours into the miniseries, you're okay with it. <laughs>
2: Uh, I like it if it's used properly, and plus it
3: didn't show the whole twelve hours; it was two seconds, uh, really, like not that long. I
2: but, thought it, I thought it was used really well here, and right. and fairly. Um, it was just clever because of the like uh, the way that they set the stage and the way that they put the time down. I really liked it. It worked for me.
1: Well, and I was just going to be griefing you too, because to be fair, I know what your point is. That it's a crutch for when someone knows that their opening is weak, so they show you the exciting part first, and right. then they're like, "Okay, now I have your attention. Let me back up and do this boring part that I couldn't make interesting, so that you have to wait to get to the exciting part." That's normally but they what they think the three-
3: they're doing, what this is doing.
1: That's normally what the three days earlier tagline does. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: it's building tension and it's actually draining
1: it. And this it did build it. Well, I don't think this is a, this isn't quite a counterpart because that's a that that's a crutch and it's also an it's a trick. It's the beginning. To, it's a trick exactly to get your attention in the beginning. This is, I think, a, a, a fundamental part of this of, of the compelling structure of this story. I think.
3: It's a let's yeah. show you more beginning and say sky. Well, it's also let's
1: just show you how horrific everything is going to turn out and then let's make you sit through line. how easily it could have been averted. You know, let's show yeah. you what line by line. Exactly. What what little moments, you know, there if, if if time is going off in all these timelines, we're going to show you there there are a thousand other timelines where this didn't happen
2: because someone made a different decision. Also uh, look
3: how thriving Pripyat.
2: Is yeah, yeah. But like not it, it's packed. It's not just a, a sequence that is supposed to tell you, look what we could have done better. It's look what you go- look what we can do going forward, um, and I think that's what that odd end of the credit sequence of this is what happened here, this is what happened there, this is what happened here. Um, that it, the idea is, uh, look, guys, this is what happened. This is how we change it. And I think that that whole structure, the editing and the weird cards and whatnot, which Marketson also brings up the the way the cards are uh, worded, um, brings up that kind of feeling of, look... (laughs) Can we do something else going forward for the other plants that are in the same situation? And I really liked that. <laughs> you got hope out of it. Uh, I got yeah, it. I did. Oh, I actually did. I did. You say I you didn't, it. Kelly Wand? No, it made me
3: go – it made me think of every article I read like every week. like some building collapses, and they go, oh, yeah, because they use the cheap cement like, here or somewhere. Anyway. Like it happens all the time. But like, not, not goes, about –
1: not specifically about nuclear power, you're saying, though.
3: No, but – right. It's just right. like, oh, yeah, I remember, this is how these – this is how I, all these disasters probably start. I, well, we know, have it, to deal with – uh just the cheap power.
2: We have to deal with nuclear power. We have to deal with renewable sources of power. We have to deal with that now going forward. And I think that part of the thesis of this movie is how do we deal with power going forward? Um, well –
1: yeah, I mean, but I think it's folly that we're not relying more on nuclear power. I mean, I, all these misgivings, I, and I think the movie's pretty careful about this, but people who have misgivings about nuclear power, I don't think understand nuclear power. The problem isn't nuclear yeah. power, which is cheap, it's efficient, it is safe. The problem with nuclear power is when a system like the Soviet Union or China fucks it up. You know, Fukushima right. was, exactly a, was a right. was a horrible disaster that had to do with the tidal wave, and Japan did what they could to contain it. Right, uh, right. That, but that... People should not be frightened of nuclear power and that should not be the takeaway from this because frankly it is absurd that we are not relying more on nuclear power instead of fossil fuels. Um, So I I think the movie is pretty careful about that to not make it about nuclear power but to make it about a system, a societal system based based on lies. And that's where I'm kind of with Kelly Wan in that I think the point of the movie, the movie leaves us with... uh, uh legasov's voiceover about uh no matter how often you lie the the truth will incur a debt or that basically yeah. this idea uh. that eventually lies are going to be outed and right. the truth is going to is going to come calling and i kind of wish that i believed that about where that's relevant today yeah, okay like
3: and i, I see I, the other direction i think we're getting stupider every year and like the powers have done this, or getting well. I, I do there. think
1: that I, yeah. I think what we're seeing now is that lies are more effective than truth in terms of manipulating people. Now,
3: I root really against it, us at this point. Like you get start all over.
1: race is a disaster. I mean, I, I think it's an important, it's an important story to be told at this point, and I like that it tries to end on a hopeful note. But I didn't find it super. Uh,
3: I thought buoying. it was a cautionary note and not hopeful, but like try and learn from what you've just seen, fools. I think. That was the vibe
2: I got So, Tom, you don't see it as a hopeful note?
1: No, no. I think it's trying to be a hopeful note, but I don't feel much. I don't necessarily feel that the lessons of Chernobyl apply to, I what, you need. Apply to what we're getting with the Republican Party today. <laughs> like to the, to the way that the Republican Party is dragging down the, uh, the institution of democracy in this country. Like I, I wish that there was this idea that eventually the Republicans and Fox News will lie so much that the truth will catch up with them. But unfortunately, I'm not sure I see that scenario happening. There's no they're, they're, they're doing really, really good at lying, and they're not getting nuclear power plants exploding on them as as come-to-Jesus yes. moments. You know, they're, they're doing this with impunity in a way that, hey, if your system sucks and you can't even maintain a nuclear power plant, it's gonna blow up, and the flaws of your system are gonna be exposed. I don't see, unfortunately, where all the lies that the Republicans and Fox News are using to manipulate people, I don't see where those are going to blow up and, and, and bite those guys in the ass because I don't think they are. It, it's working out. incredibly it's... well, and it's up to us to basically drive that back rather than it a self-correcting mistake like Chernobyl to uh, bring it around. So in that regard, I didn't find it – like I, I, I found it a, a hopeful idea, and I just wish I could apply it more to the contemporary situation. I don't see oh, it
0: I see.
3: out there. But you I know, see in a way too. Chernobyl, so maybe some small. In a
1: way too, I don't care because it's a great story. Like I don't, you know, whether yeah. it's hopeful or not. And right. you know, I, I'm happy yeah, with it's the note escapism.
3: that escapism. Everything's escapism. Yeah, the
1: note that Craig Mazin wanted it to end on. I'm totally happy
3: with that. Like, because uh, I'm way the point of hoping things turn out in RL. That's not interesting to me anymore. All right. I need Chernobyl to remind me of a time when things mattered. <laughs> Uh, um, alright, so we
1: watched uh, five so let's do uh more T V shows. So uh, uh
3: yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, no As opposed to uh <laughs> no. Men in Black International and fucking what was the other thing? Dark Phoenix. Like doing this was way smarter than doing those. I think we did the smart thing. I think uh we celebrated I think cinema. We did too.
2: <laughs> and uh Chris Markinson says he just one word, vodka.
4: Vodka. Yeah. Uh, it was he... amazing Copious. the amount of...
2: Uh, they're like, uh, yeah, you guys keep doing what you're doing. We're going to give you as much vodka as you need.
3: Fuck yeah, that at was least. That weird. What? <laughs> they're going to need it.
2: Yeah, That's but what the it... nurse
3: should have been asking the doctor after the iodine question. So why are we looking on vodka? What? Why? <laughs>
2: oh. uh, and finally, John Reniger wants to know, is there any role Jared Harris has taken where he was into chain-smoking and about to die
1: in so happiness a... where he plays you light up my life for uh, jane adams i don't think he smokes in that and i don't think he's on the verge of death he's like young and vibrant and he's a he's a russian thug in that and he does an accent by the way interestingly enough uh that's happiness. where i first saw him yeah happiness he he's the he's the russian thief who jane adams is teaching english and uh, he seduces oh, her and then steals yeah. a bunch plays of stuff the guitar. from her. Yeah, he plays "You Light Up My Life" on the guitar, and she's completely won over. And then he steals stuff from her.
3: Yeah, Uh-oh. he's got this really bored look on his face while he's singing.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: he's a Russian she's taxi like, cab oh, driver. He's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, there you go, John. Your your question has been answered.
3: Yeah, happiness is the answer.
1: But uh, The Terror, let's see, what else? I, I uh, That silly sci-fi series, The Expanse, which I didn't care for. He had the most amazing, weird South African. They had this idea that certain classes of people would have different accents. And his class of people had this weird, they were, I think, minors. Like it was an amalgam of South African and Jamaican. Like they made up some crazy accent. And like Jared that, Harris, yeah. he just tore into it with no fear. It was a beautiful yeah, thing yeah. to see. Uh, and I even watched a horrible, a dumb horror movie because Olivia Cook was in it. Uh, and, after discovering how awesome she is in thoroughbreds and ready Player One, I watch this terrible thing called the the young ones no the uh the it's a it's a like a horror movie that wants to be found footage, but it's set in the seventies, so they can't really have cameras for that. Kelly when do you know what I'm talking about? Jared Harris runs <laughs> like a a a ghost academy and Olivia Cook is a possessed chick in this maybe you haven't seen it I think it's called the young ones or the Restless ones or the Sounds like a soap opera name. It's a it's a Netflix thing. No 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 it's
2: a theatrical the release. Or
1: something. Oh okay. No it's a crappy theatrical release. But they're all wearing little equipment. jackets. Um yeah they like have a, like a little school
3: uniforms like, uniform. like a Norman school.
1: <laughs> kind of yeah and they're showing up to investigate why As is I Olivia call Cook. private
3: academies.
1: Olivia yeah. Cook why she's possessed by the devil it's like that kind of thing oh yeah a huge tentacle shoots out of Olivia Olivia Cook's mouth and attacks people.
3: Well,
2: that sounds good. good At yeah. school, <laughs> he's also in a little movie called "Certain Women" that one of I us like chose. For, yeah, I think uh, Kelly really liked that. I hear. Yeah, Dingus, yeah. you didn't see that, did you? No, I missed that unfortunately.
3: Wait, what is it? What did I? Who was?
2: Certain Women. It has it's Kelly the, Reichardt. It has our modern Marlon Brando in it. Uh, and isn't
1: that Kelly Reichardt, Dingus?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know why you guys are talking weird, but okay. <laughs> All right. Well, next we're, week we're going to like do – We're talking about a hit that's going to
1: happen. <laughs> we're going to do yeah, a yes. podcast on fake celebrities. If you guys can think of any fake celebrities, an example we've Speaking been of Kelly mentioning
0: Reichert.
1: is uh, Brad, uh, Bradley Cooper as uh, uh, Winston Granger in uh, – I don't know if that was his name, but it was something like that in A Star is Born with Jackson Lady Gaga
2: made? you know he's not a raccoon right
1: <laughs> he's a
3: little what is he a little rabbit I forget rabbit?
1: He's a yeah. sweet,
2: he's sweet rabbit Thank
3: sweet you. rabbit
1: right right Thank you, sweet rabbit
3: what if it been Rocket Raccoon and Lady Gaga
1: so if you can think of fake celebrities <laughs> in movies because sometimes a movie can't get a celebrity so it has to invent one Send your favorite fake celebrities, or maybe there's one that's so dumb you hate it. Send those as well, just fake celebrities that are noteworthy. Send those to 3x3 at quarter dot com and get that to us by uh, midnight June 30th, midnight Pacific, and we will read that on the air. So join us for fake celebrities next week. We'll also talk about some random movie we've each seen. Who knows what it'll be? Yeah, tune in and find Uh, out. Oh, yeah, I should watch some. You should watch something, Kelly Wan, and something that's not some weird thing on Netflix that you just watch half of that nobody has heard of. That's no. my challenge to you, Kelly Wan. Man, you're ugly. <laughs> so join us for that next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Minsky. It's Christian Morski. And Kelly Wansky. Lord, why is he forsaken me? Bada-bing!
3: Hey! Baby, can't you see I'm calling a guy like you should we
4: dies from radiation of the terminator movies john Connor should be dead those are not plausible
2: i prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky observation reflection faith and determination in this way we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us all right and we have what eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to origai six is that a question yes sir? walter that's a question that is correct
3: Statistically, uh, nuclear reactors are still the safest way to radiate yourself. Just remember that, kids. Okay. Dingus, chef's hat.
2: Our goal is the happiness of all mankind.